Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Shantae for the Game Boy Color Part 2. Alright friends, last week we went over our personal histories with this game. We went to great lengths to explain all of the systems and gameplay features this uh, very interesting and fun game has to offer. Much to the delight of many of our fans, we discussed the uh, float muffins. (laughs) And uh, well, this week we're going to continue on uh, with our first segment here. We're going to do a little bit of general chat. Oh yeah. Right, folks, here we are in the general chat portion of our show, and I would just like to start by saying that I love almost every single thing about this game, except for its combat. And sadly, there's a lot of combat in this game. It is probably its weakest point. I never was satisfied with it is my biggest problem. Like I always wanted like a power up that gave my my hair whip like double its strength or anything. But the, well, the, is... the characters that are very hard to fight in the beginning of the game are just as hard to fight at the end of the game. Well, it's just a lot of the monsters take a lot of hits, especially at night. Like when it's like you have to whip them 10 times, even if they're stun locked, you're just like, it's kind of ho-hum, you know? Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, a lot of these characters, even if you stun lock them once, they're still going to be able to advance towards you each time they yeah. become unlocked. So uh, certain enemies like the snake ladies and stuff, mm-hmm. like they are never fun to fight. They just take way too long and you have to jump around them and just dodge so many things. I just wanted that at the end of the game to be able to run up and just hit them twice and they explode or something, you know? Sure. Yeah. That's part of the reason I really took it upon myself to master using that drill spin thing, Mm. because it's worth like four hair whips, I think, or something. So even if you only get one off at the beginning, as long as you don't end up landing inside the monster while it's invincible, you know, it it does cut some time down. But and that's all the main reason that I really in the back half of the game just started using the uh, magic so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much stronger, so much faster. Yes, yes, and, and you get a good variety of items, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just that that hair whip just was never a satisfying mechanic. It was always just a little slow, a little mm-hmm. short, and if I could have improved any of those things throughout the game, it really would have really made me enjoy the combat. But at no point was I ever like, oh, man, I can't wait to fight this boss, or ooh, how do I attack this new enemy? It was like, mm, can I just run past this guy? Is there a way to avoid it? Yeah, yeah, it's... Since gems are very easy to come by outside of combat, it doesn't give you a lot of incentive to get in there. There's no XP or anything to be gained. No, not at all. But, you know, since I got that out of the way, let me just say that everything else is great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we talked about it like many times, and I'm going to mention it again, like every time we bring up a new character or enemy. But the animations in this game are so rich. Yeah, it's kind of mind bending. Like when you get a relic and she goes up and does like a full 360 rotation with her arms out, like, Mm -hmm. holy cow, it looks like a cartoon. Like, 
and that's, you know, to be fair, too, to the game, like, I'm playing this, I was emulating it, so on a much larger screen than a Game Boy Color would have had, so I can't even imagine right. how much better it would have looked on a Especially with a little screen. bit of smoothing going on between frames. I'm glad you called out that one where she does do the spin, and I think she can also do that when she jumps off of certain things. Okay. But for me... Me, I was amazed at how many times when you were encountering an enemy or an NPC, instead of the standard video game animation cycle, which was just, you know, arm swinging or leg movement, there was a lot of times a bit of rotation in the character or the arms of the character or the head of the character, Mm -hmm. which made them so much more realistic and much more interestingly animated and also had to be so much harder to do. Yeah, I, they really did some wizardry to get all of this stuff in the GBC game, you know? Yeah. I mean, I went back and actually just watched some of the psych animation cycles for certain characters, like those spiders. Yeah, yeah. And a couple other ones that have just such interesting little tiny tweaks to their movement that really make them feel alive and living. Yeah. and Both at the same time, because, you know, live, living, they're very different. Yeah. <laughs> they go hand in hand, you know? Usually. And it's not just the animation. I love all the character designs. Like, I really like the way they look. I would love yeah. to have watched a cartoon of this. I can't believe this IP hasn't blown up because it's it's so cool. I, I don't know. Like, it's it's got just enough fantasy and, like, comedy and stuff to where yeah. it really, it's awesome. And, you know, there is a very consistent design amongst all the humanoid characters, which is a cool style. Yeah. And I really like, you know, um, Risky Boots, a very cool, you know, sexy looking enemy. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But one thing I think is really cool that they do is that even their standard enemies, like a spider, a snake, the things you see in every game, they have somehow figured out a way to make it their own, to give it their own graphical spin. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, it really says a lot about this game that I was playing it, and I, I was talking about it to Abby, and I got, just got her to watch it, and she watched, like, an hour of the playthrough just because it was so, like, cute and cool-looking, <laughs> like, you know? Oh, yeah. Now, that does bring me to another point that we did uh, talk about briefly uh, off-air, I think, before, and that is, while these characters are very cute and very cool-looking, I often found myself wondering who they were for. So let's start with uh, Shantae. Yeah. As a character, she is a genie, so of course, you know, bare midriff, little, you know, of that Middle Eastern flavor. Mm-hmm. But there are a few things she does that mm, aren't, you know, what I would say is all ages. Such as uh, when you duck with Shantae, she doesn't just crouch, she gets on all fours and then does a little bit of a butt wiggle. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was like lascivious or anything, you know. I- Especially when you consider how small it would be on the normal screen. True. But that's just one of the many things that adds up to a bigger picture, such as uh, the fact that you do go to a uh, club of women dancing for men who throw money at them. Right, right. I, I don't and, see you you know, that. There are a few inter- uh, interactions between uh, Risky and some of the male characters of the game that, while I found very funny, I also didn't know if I wanted to uh, explain the jokes to my daughter as much. I, I thought that, yeah, it's... It's got that I mean, kind it skirts of the line. It's never uh, body or, you know, you know, uh, even anything more than PG, PG-13. But mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out, like, who did they make this game for? Because, and I know this was a problem they had when they were trying to, you know, sell it, that the main character is a cute-looking girl that mm-hmm. does dances for its attacks. So it's like, oh, is this a game for girls? Well, not really, not the way they wrote it. I mean, it's a game kind of for everybody. So I just think it's interesting that, you know, yeah. it's a game for everyone, yet no one at the same time. I can't. Yeah, I 
I'm glad that they didn't use like a super deformed character style too. That's one of the things that really, you know, we play a lot of old games and I know, I think from a certain technical limit where if you wanted to be able to see a character's face or anything, you had to have you make a, a big, big old head. giant head. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of nice to see someone or, you know, I, I like it when they, they don't always do that. And so, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. The character designs are, you know, and it's kind of like in the, the names, like Risky Boots has this naughty kind of goofy sound to, you know, or Roddy Tops. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes you think at first where you're like, wait a minute, is this a, <laughs> is this, is this someone being pervy or, but it's, it, it never is really, you know? It never gets to that line, which is the nice part, but yeah, it does come yeah. a little bit close. Now, musically, I, I really enjoyed most of this game's music. Uh, I like a lot of the themes for the different towns and areas. My only problem was uh, the night cycle. And I, I don't know if this is the emulator I was using, which is why I really hate to ding it for this. But there mm-hmm. was something about the, the the beat, the drums on the night cycle that I found a little annoying, a little grating. Yeah, I attributed it to, a, you know, it was Game Boy Color. So, because... There are some of the sounds, especially the percussion and stuff, is really crunchy, and, and that kind of yeah. rubbed me the wrong way, you know. Whereas but I, on I the other tell hand, if that's <laughs> the game itself or the emulators we're using. I've heard people complain about, you know, not just the Game Boy Color, but the Game Boy Advance. You know, its speaker itself. You know what I mean? The way mm-hmm. I, 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 we're getting into hardware, which is not my strong point, but. I don't know. There were parts of the soundtrack that I think would have sounded a lot better without that that crunchiness. Like it kind of sounds like the worst parts of you know Sega Genesis or the old like FM or modulator chips or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I did definitely enjoy the beat uh, when you switched over to the dancing mode. Mm-hmm. And I find that system to be really cool. Like, what an interesting concept. Yeah, I I would have liked to see more. I want more dances and forms and stuff. You know. Agreed. And at first I was a little, I found it a little daunting because I, I wasn't really sure how to get things on the beat. Like, where do I have to start it? Does it have to be on the first note or whatever? But once you get it down, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just no thoughts were even there. I just hit the select button and I could just do the dances, change into whatever I wanted. Yeah, it's great and fun. It's like it's way more fun than a, a menu. Yeah, it kind of remind me of like a Wind Waker or, uh, you know, where you got to move oh, your sure. baton to get the different <laughs> tones out and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I think that the music too, and going along, like I like the the theme of the game, and the music is very fitting. You know, it's not just catchy because it goes between like Arabian or Middle Eastern sounding music and like techno dance, nineties techno music. That so you know, it's a it's a cool little kind of crossroads there. Yeah, I agree. Now the backgrounds themselves aren't too intense, but I do love the fact that as your powers increase there's more utility in the backgrounds than you than you realize when you're first playthrough. Oh, sure. Yeah. As you get the the spider form or or even the, you know, I dinged it too before, but about the elephant where some of the like hitting the the stumps, I, I, I had to read about that. I, I wouldn't have figured that out on my own, you know? Right. And I, I'm the same way. One thing I did want to bring up, though, that I I failed to mention when talking about how amazing all the animations were is I was also amazed at just how many different enemies there are in the game. Yeah, and they all look cool. And there are a few that only appear like twice. Yeah, yeah. Like I love the, there's the werewolf ones where they look like that weird blue monster man during the day. And then at night, it's a big werewolf. So I I thought that was awesome. But they're like the ice werewolves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, those were, I mean, there are so many cool cool. enemies. And we're going to get to those as we go through the game itself. But the other, um, the only other thing that was, you know, a bit of a letdown for me was the boss fights. 
I mean, they're not very tough, you know? No, not at all. I just thought they were, I mean, I would have liked anything else from them. They, they were all so quick and so easy. That was my biggest problem. Yes, and they're very much just a big, you know, it's usually like a background thing or, you know, like the big eyeball creature or I would have rather have had like some more like genie fight, like another creature, like, like in Mega Man where you fight someone of equal size in a room or, but that's just me, I guess. Yeah, it is. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, any, anything to have spiced them up a little bit more. They just were so easy and so quick. And there's only four of them in the game. I just kind of wanted a little more out of them. Sure, yeah. Difficulty-wise, I could see this game appearing tough at first, but mm -hmm. it's really not that bad. Once you get the hang of the hair whip and stuff, and you just have oh, to yeah. be patient with it. <laughs> I, I thought that sometimes the backgrounds, you know, as you mentioned earlier, how they kind of, as you unlock other powers, you come to understand new things in the and appreciate things in the backgrounds, but there's certain areas, like in the waterfall in particular, where <laughs> stuff that you can, you can walk in front of things that look exactly like things you can't the wall the rock walls and stuff and oh yeah like my first time through I, there, I was ah i fell off of the edge of so many ledges in that area even after i had gone through it multiple times just not thinking oh i forgot that that's not an edge or not a solid part. yeah yeah and the the prevalence especially early on of pit deaths and spike deaths you know they're both one one hit it's like it as much as I would want to backtrack and just blast through a level, it's like until you get the harpy or at least the monkey, it's not really an option because you will die. And, th and that can be like, I, th I think this game really is just more frustrating or it can be more frustrating than truly difficult because while you do start at your last save point, if you continue, you don't you don't lose gems and there's nothing, no real loss there. Yeah, the biggest difficulty in this game is just the frustration level of figuring out where to go and then how to get out of or to the end of a lot of these dungeons. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it always kept me coming back. Like, I liked the new forms and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I was always very interested to find out what my next animal form would be. And the writing is so uh, good that it's genuinely funny when you talk to the villagers or any of the new characters you come across. Oh, yeah. I always talk to the villagers. Like, like in the, for example, in the zombie village, when you get there, there's just one zombie lady out there talking where she's like, zombie boys are all the same. They just want you for your brain. Yeah. Or these other goofy, you know, like, I, I just liked it, you know, it, it was fun. Exactly. And there's a lot of times where I begrudgingly talk to all the people in a game because I'm like, oh, I can't miss the one nugget of info i might need but yeah, i was actually yeah. like enjoying all of the conversations i had with the randos in this one yeah agreed it's it's many more of those those awesome little touches that bring it all together but all in all i think my biggest complaint about this game is is less about the game than you can tell it's made with a small screen like there's a lot of blind jumps yeah. down and stuff and you know pit deaths and spikes are everywhere so it's it that's where it's like oh come on how how am i supposed to know where to jump here but i, I, I can definitely it, see that yeah i i think that's more of a gbc thing yeah always a problem there's only a very few game boy uh games that really let you have that tiny tiny character but it always is at the cost of any kind of expression that character could have yeah yeah and as we've seen this game is all about the amazing uh animation and the expressions of these characters yes sir Right, this is it. It is time for us to take this game level by level. Only there aren't levels in this game. 
Not really. I mean, there's the four labyrinths and the the hub world essentially is the, the, the world loop, as the manual calls it. And in many parts of this game, you have to backtrack to other areas. So I think we're just going to go through a, a brief overview of the areas as you would go through them on your way to each dungeon mm-hmm. and then discuss the boss fights there as we move on to the next area. Sounds good. Uh, well, the game itself uh, starts in a level you never get to play again. Yeah, you have your first kind of intro level it starts at shantae's house out on an island mm-hmm. she gets bombed by and a in the risky's risky boots pirate ship in the background yeah and you got to be careful she's blowing away big chunks of the ground so it's got to make your way across that very careful yeah pretty standard stuff here just learning to avoid pits and fighting a few tinker bats Kind of weirdly, you do get to Scuttle Town, and you you have a kind of it kind of reminded me of of Aladdin in the Agrabah levels, but you go through the town a little bit while it's under assault by various Tinker Bats. Eventually, it catches on fire mm-hmm. and climb all over the place, and, and it you know it becomes night eventually, and you make your way through this platforming stuff, and eventually you come to the the ship of Risky Boots, and that's where you'll fight your first kind of boss, where she has like a cannon that shoots out cannonballs at certain trajectories that bounce around and you have to hit the little there's like a door that opens right with the little tinker bats in it it's a very simple and standard boss when you beat that you kind of fall <laughs> down to the side of it and you're on these okay platforms with the three cannons coming out of the doors yes shoot at you. and that first half of the boss fight there's just uh all you have to do is beat up the can the keg of powder until you blow up the top oh, yeah. of the ship. Then you go down to the side of the ship where there's those three doors. And this part actually confused me for a little bit because I wasn't sure like if I was doing anything that was ending the fight. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, in, but you, know. you just have to hit so many guys out of a window before it'll explode. It's uh that's something I, I forgot to mention earlier too, that like the sound effect for when you take damage is easy to miss. Like a lot of times if I didn't visually see, you know, I would look down and be like, Oh, where where did all my life go? Like because it's this like dull kind oh, yeah. of buff and it gets lost in the crunchiness of the music and stuff, you know? Yes. Now once you defeat this ship, uh the mayor thanks you and uh the, all the townspeople are behind them once again looking fantastic and of course this mayor uh, can't idly just stand there he has to rotate his body left and right <laughs> and then after that you are free to explore the town while doing so you find out that risky has stolen the old man mimics plans for a steam engine yes he's real excited about it or was and you agree to go and get it back uh, so of course the first thing you want to do is ignore his advice and head to the <laughs> left where you can pick up a uh, extra heart container if you have purchased that invisibility thing. Cream? That's true. Yeah. Um, to the left is the the Naga Wasteland with, with some pretty tough enemies. They're a serpentine lady. Uh, will jump in the air and then shoot a beam at you. And it has very long range and will come at you from off screen. So they're... They take like six hits or seven or eight. I don't know. They take a lot more hits over here. Uh, And I took this as kind of like in Simon's Quest, where if you head the wrong way at the beginning to the left, there's tough enemies to let you know you're going the wrong way. Yeah. So instead, you go to the right, and that's where you uh, come across the Scarecrow Field. Yeah. And it's got these uh, annoying, very annoying little creatures that pop out of the ground. 
and then immediately start throwing tiny pitchforks at you. Yeah, I, they suck, man. Um, they're they're it's really very fast. hard to avoid those pitchforks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I agree, especially for the first like set of enemies you encounter. Yeah, uh, this is just an area where I can see someone getting frustrated early on because if these if these enemies are this big of a pain, you know, well, you if you would have been watching me, you would have seen me get frustrated early on. I did too. I, you know, as somebody who only remembered playing it, and I was going back, I was like, "What is this? I don't remember this game being like this." Like, <laughs> yes. And then in the second chunk of it, there are a bunch of scarecrows that very cool effect of them coming out of the background of the fields into the foreground. Yeah, they they jump out and, and they are much easier to deal with. Yes, and you can kind of see them coming. the The guys that jump out of the ground yeah. are are much quicker, so they're harder to dodge and murder. And you can kind of use the scarecrows to farm for money and hearts if you need to. Yeah, yeah, they're like one of the two two creatures. I would say that's a feasible plan with. Indeed, but once you're through there, you move right on to the spider forest. Yes. As you can imagine, it is full of spiders. And they look amazing. And more importantly, they are, they do not hurt you if you run into them. No, they're cool. It's only their projectiles that hurt you. And so you can just run right through these guys whenever you want. And I, I just think these forests have, these forests have a really cool, like there's platforms in the leaves behind them. And, you know, there's enemies up there mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, there's so much going on in this game that is not even like needed, such as like those overgrown uh, fallen logs that you can crawl through for no oh, I reason. I love them. I mean, it looks awesome, and I, I'm glad it's there, but it's just one of the many things where I'm like, wow, you guys put in so much extra work in this game. Yeah, it's, it's something where you would expect you this, okay, this is going to come back later as a thing that I have to do, but you don't. Nope. Uh, there is a weird enemy in this area that is like a green flying monster that is, as far as I know, in invincible. What's it look like? It's an orc. It's oh, like yeah. Flying. Yes. And it will stomp the ground kind of mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. No, you can and... kill those guys. They just take forever. Okay. I just, uh, this was the beginning of my tutelage in just avoiding as many of the, if, if I didn't have to fight a creature to get past it, I figured out how to avoid it. Yeah. It's the way to go. Uh, then at the end of this area, there is a place to save and then you pass the entrance to the dribble fountain, but there's nothing you can do about it yet. So you just have to keep moving on. Yes, sir. Into the waterfall zone. And this is the area that has the only other farmable enemy, and that is the the little snakes. Yes, they fall out of holes in the wall. Uh, they very much remind me of those little snakes from Kid Icarus. Oh, they're heavily inspired. It's a, it's a pretty good looking waterfall area. It does have, the, the, there's a certain point you get to where it's it's hard to tell what's a wall and and what isn't? Oh, and there's a enemy I hate in this area. Not because it's hard, but just because it's gross. Is it those fish that come uh, out of the that water? Is the frogfish? No, yeah, the, that... the, the orange frogfish. Oh, yeah, like I know what you mean. Climbs on the walls. Yeah, yeah, they're strange. Uh, wait, the one you're talking about is the water dragon. It pops its face out of the waterfall, and it wasn't until probably my last time walking through this area that I remembered to slow down and not run into them. Yeah, they frequently caught me off guard. Even when I was coming back, it was very frustrating. Yeah, agreed. And and this is a pretty big area. Yeah, but it's all just about climbing up a thing and going across the top of it and then jumping to the next side and repeating. Mm -hmm. And you might bump up against a few. Like there's a, a ladder you can get to that'll take you to a... Another section of the forest, I don't think it'll, you can do anything there yet, but you can, you're starting to bump up against areas and, and other things that, you know, you know, you'll be back. So you're like, all right, don't forget this. Mm -hmm. Even though then, I uh, next did. you will 
Yeah, I agreed. Uh, then next, you'll have the second town you find. Yeah, Watertown. How do they ever come up with that name? <laughs> Dude, that's the type of town names my uh, high school D&D adventures had. <laughs> like, welcome to Rivertown. It is south of Mountaintown. Just south of Mountaintown. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I remember. But in this town, uh, you know, you can save, et cetera, et cetera. The real thing you need to do is find your friend Bolo, who is yes. hilariously uh, tall and goofy looking. Yeah, he looks like a goofy kind of teenager dude. And he is so excited that Risky Boots had just come through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, you tell him that you need his help, because you do, to get into the Dribble Fountain. Yeah, he sent her there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so in this town is uh, a few new items you can pick up if you need to. It's true. It's where you can get your equipment. Oh, and this is the first place you can buy the equipment that changes your attacks or augments, upgrades your attacks. But once you have purchased all the things you need to, then you can uh, head back to the Dribble Fountain entrance, and Bolo will be waiting there for you. What a guy. He opens the entrance, and you go inside, and this is your first dungeon. That's right. And it's a pretty cool dungeon. It has a kind of a sewery feel. You know, there's lots of waterfalls. You'll be jumping on platforms above water, which will kill you. Yeah. As far as enemies go in here, you know, there's a lot of interesting, weird creatures like these little these little green water blobs that pop out at you from the ground or little red monsters as well. Uh, the coolest, I think, creatures is that like water nymph lady. Mm hmm. Uh, she just looks awesome, turns into a puddle, gets back up. And then also in here are the first time you can find your warp squids. That's right. And I think there's five. You know, there's four dungeons and there's 20 warp squids, right? So there's five mm -hmm. in each dungeon. And typically you can you can usually get four and there's always the fifth one. You have to come back with a different form to collect. Which is why I didn't get all of the five, four final ones. I, me either. I I just got uh, the 12 or whatever. Now, there is a couple other interesting, uh, quote, puzzles or whatever in here, such as the spinning almost like a lock where you have the pictures of what the combination will be. And then you have to find the lock itself and hit each level to line up with the original picture, mm -hmm. which is hey, pretty cool. That was fun. I, yeah, I hadn't really seen that in a in a game. <laughs> uh, the other super cool enemy in here is that water creature with the one eye and the big claw hands yeah i like that a lot and just like every other dungeon in here you're going to be finding keys you have to find the keys to get through to other chunks of the dungeon yes there's nothing to i mean you'll you will get your first kind of like secret passages here or where you fall down a pit and you come out in another section farther down in the mm -hmm. level and then you know a lot of times you can see what you want you can't get to it so you have to kind of circle around and find another path standard metroidvania stuff yeah. but really the most important part of this dungeon is finding the imprisoned genie yes once you do you free her and she teaches you a new dance yes you can use that dance to change into the monkey and what's really cool is that each button on the controller, the buttons themselves and the D-pad directions are a different dance move that she will just do whenever you want her to do. Yeah, even if you don't want to change form. And they're very cool. They're very well animated. But I do think that uh, when you become a monkey, you have to do down and then to the right mm -hmm. are your two moves. And I have to say that the dance move where you press to the right is the goofiest move she does. Which... It's like the lean back oh, sure, arm yeah. roll. No, they're, they're all... <laughs> I just find it so goofy and it dorky is, looking. Uh, I love it's it. It's funny. That's to me like the the cabbage patch of her <laughs> dance set. 
Now, once you have the monkey power, there are many new areas in this dungeon that open up to you because you can now climb walls. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, too, that I had to keep reminding myself when I would get into a dungeon is don't drive yourself crazy trying to get to certain places because you don't have all the powers you need yet. Like, wait, like I kept, <laughs> especially in this first one, I kept being like, there's right. got to be a way to jump up there. I, I just know it. But there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you find the secret chamber that houses the artifact of this. Each of these dungeons or labyrinths or whatever they're called uh, contains a different relic. And the relics are what Risky Boots is going after. Each one has a different power tied to an element. And she's trying to use those to augment that steam engine plan she has. Yes. In the first one, of course, it is uh, the water tile. Uh Uh-huh. And what's funny, though, is that when you get to it, she's already there. But unlike many other video games where they would take it and run away, she does not get the tile. A creature comes out first and scares her off. Yeah, they're not working for her. You know, that's that's cool. They're the guardian of this item. And this item's guardian is a weird, weird, I don't know. It's I guess it's some sort of like squid water thing, but it looks much more like a hot air balloon with a giant eyeball on it and tentacles hanging down. Yeah. And... You know, you if you hit the eye, it'll kind of spin around the uh-huh. body. So, you know, you want to try and hit it on the next thing. I think the eye can hit you if you make contact with it. Like, it's all about just getting that rhythm of how long it takes okay. to circle the body. And you could really just beat it up straight away. And I did. I was like, that was it? It only takes like four hits. There are enemies yeah. that you encounter in the normal world that take more hits than yes, this thing. Yes, yes. But once you uh, defeat it, you get the relic. You head outside. And uh, poor Bolo is sitting there all beaten up. But don't worry, he's happy. Yeah, about he's it. like, I won't, I'll never wash myself or I'll never clean these wounds. <laughs> so once you have one relic, you realize that she's probably going to go after each one. And this begins the quest for all of the relics. Yes. You hear about the unbreakable Gollum Stone, the Twinkle Stone, some other stone. And then you begin. You know that there is one in the desert, and that's yeah. where they send you first. So it is now time to go back the way you came. Yeah, if you're lucky. This was, I, I had my four must, warp squids, so I, I turned them in at Watertown so I could warp back later. Uh, see, I used my first four to go back to the desert, okay. the first town, so I could go back and get money whenever uh, I That makes sense. Until you realize you don't really need the money. Yeah, so. well. But if you head left instead of right, uh, you go across the area where those snake girls are, and you need to have that monkey ability to climb a wall that was stopping you before. Now, there are uh, there's like a false entrance to the desert. And then if you pass it, there is a true entrance to the desert. And the desert has some really cool enemies in it. Uh, specifically, well, there's two different deserts here. There's the what they call the men's and the ladies desert. Yeah. And the men's desert is the one that's like a false. Like you can't really no, do anything. Correct, there right now. Yes, correct. So you make it to the ladies desert and then you, you encounter one of my favorite enemies in the game. And that is the scorpion centaur. Yeah, it's, she looks cool, man. He's all red. And it's like uh, the Scorpion King. You remember that? Exactly. My favorite <laughs> film. It's got the best CGI. I don't CGI. like the movie. I... No. Um, but one thing I did like is the fact that it's not just uh, ladies. There's like yeah, some dude the, ones also. In the other desert, those are, and they have a scorpion tail where they, the men, they stick it in the ground and it comes out near you to stab you. Indeed. And then there's also some like tall, I don't know what they are things, but they don't, they're not hard to hit. They don't attack you. They're just yeah. in the way. And, and spiky cacti. Oh, there's always some cacti. Watch out for those guys. Uh, But the next town you find is the desert town. The Oasis town, I think is what it's called. Yes, sir. Uh, This item shop has some new items as well. 
pick up a few of those. Uh, this is the town where you can do the gecko match. I don't know if that – I think you can do that during the day. Oh, I did that. Which is a weird yeah. – like, if you're using save states, that might actually be the best way if you don't mind just blatantly cheating to win a bunch of money quick. But mm. I did it you're once. Probably right. It was all right. Yeah, I did it once to figure out what it was. But really, you need to get into the aviary yeah, here of the town. You'll meet your friend Sky, who raises birds. Mm-hmm. You know she's cool because her dress and headscarf are constantly yeah. flapping in the yes. wind. Yes, and you ask her for help with the – Gollum mine, and she tells you that she'll send her bird, Wrench, to help you out. Mm-hmm. So you just have to uh, go back out into the desert, back the way you came. Yeah, you I go think. back to that. That's the men's desert, as they say, with those. I mean, you could have got right. here before, but you wouldn't have gotten in. But And there is a save point to the left of the Gollum mine. Okay. And there is a, a new annoying enemy, those beetles, that shoot up like a ball into the air that explodes into three balls yeah, oh, and always you have to me. kill them right away that that's the best thing you can do otherwise it's like taking a hit mm-hmm. then you find the entrance to the golem mine and the bird wrench is there it acts as a wrench turning the gems at the door and opening it's the so mine awesome for looking you. i laughed so hard when because I, I you meet this lady sky and her bird's name is wrench you're like what's that all about and then when you get to the dungeon it flies up and then like a pipe wrench or whatever rotates around and opens them it's awesome yeah and then you get down inside this mine and it is also super cool looking there's some really interesting uh Mm -hmm. parallax scrolling between the background and foreground like the holes in it with some really cool shading i love the Uh, way this this might be my favorite dungeon like it has some really good looking like elevators with like gears you have to whip with your hair to turn them on and off or up and down Mm-hmm. Now, I was a little confused by the areas that um, change your color. Yeah, there are... there's these fields of energy. And when you go through them, they make certain enemies attracted to you or invisible yeah, it's to you. Whatever, there are red and blue areas. So, whichever color you are, the creatures of the same color will come at you and you can attack them. And then the opposite ones okay. are just like nothing. You're invincible to them. So this is where you get a bunch of some of my favorite puzzles, kind of. Like, I really like this idea where it's like, oh, you have to lure an enemy that has the key out from the spikes or over to a certain point. But you have to be the right color. So then it becomes the challenge of, like, navigating this cave to avoid having to walk through other color patches to stay what you want to be. Yes. And it is really cool. And also very cool is that you get your... New power early That's in the dungeon. That's true. Get the- you free the second genie, and you get the power of the elephant. Yeah, and you need it to batter your way through stalactites, barriers in certain areas that you have seen a couple of them by the time you get it. Uh, and, you know, the whole time, you're searching for keys, baby. It's always looking for those and keys. And pro tip, at the very beginning of this dungeon, there's some stalactites that... If you're Nick, you probably forgot about. So you spend like 20 minutes looping around this dungeon over and over and you, 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 looking yeah, for that. You got to go all the way back to the beginning <laughs> right after you get yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. That last so key. Don't be that a fool missed, huh? like me. Yeah. Now, if you know what you're doing, this can be one of the quickest dungeons to get yeah, through. Yeah, totally. Because there aren't, uh, you know, too many areas. It's all about the puzzle of getting through the areas. So once you know the puzzle solution, you can get through there pretty fast. And when you do, Risky Boots has already beaten you to the Golem Stone. But you know what? Just like last time, before she can take it, the Guardian of the Stone makes an appearance. Yeah, this, and you fight this big, weird, like, was it like a pig, like, body thing? Like, you know, it's a big head with the two fists. Yeah, I mean, to me, it kind of reminded me of the uh, never-ending story rock creature. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. 
big, strong hands. <laughs> yeah, I remember that guy. Uh, but like you said, it is a big head in the background with two fists in the foreground. And again, this boss is nothing because all you have to do is get mm-hmm. on one of the hands, turn it. Does it even attack you? I don't even know if it attacks. Because once you're on the hands, you tur- you you have enough time to do the dance to turn into the yeah. elephant. Once you're the elephant, you have to ram into the head a few times, which makes a gym appear. Then you ran into the, ram into that gym two or three times. Yeah, it's and pretty then it's crazy over. how fast you can just blast this thing with with the elephant. And I, as simple as this fight is, and you know, it would have been nice to have more to it. Um, I like that you at least use your animal form to fight it. Uh, I would like to see more of that too. You know. Agreed. I just wish there was maybe like a round in between each, like, I don't know, you'd hit it in the face a couple times, then uh, something would happen where you have to dodge some rocks or anything yeah. to make it, just, I hate to say it, but just last a few moments longer. So I felt <laughs> like I was really doing something here. Yeah. Otherwise, you beat it, you get the tile, and then you're knocked right out of that 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 mine. That's right. You're out of the And the uh, bird tells you that you she thinks that uh, she's gone to the zombie caravan. So you must chase after risky boots once again that's right and to get to the zombie caravan is basically you can backtrack all the way to watertown if you're lucky like i was you can just warp there if you're unlucky like me you just have to go there but now that you have the elephant power you can unlock all of these shortcuts that's true yeah there's plenty of areas in the forest where you can batter those stumps to reveal ladders to get some heart. Uh, what are they? They're not heart containers. They're like heart holders. <laughs> they are heart containers for all intents and purposes. So yeah, yeah. But you make your way to the right of the water village, and then you are in a very strange land of giant snails. Yes, there are huge snail shells. Actually, right before the snails. Actually, right before the snails are. Uh, it's like a gloomy, ghosty area. Yeah, it's like the rainstorm area. And it has a really cool ghost in it, but one that is not fun to fight. No, they're 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 kind of tough to hit because they fly and they shoot things. So, uh So run run to Snail Wasteland. <laughs> if you have that flip kick from the boot, I think, or mm-hmm. the drill thing, that helps with them kind of, but you want okay. to keep heading to the right. You need the monkey form to get that far anyways, so couldn't have got here before. Yeah. No, and in the snail wasteland, if you're there at night, the snails are all asleep. They, if you go through it during the day, they're out, but they don't really, I guess they can hurt you if you run into their mouth or something. Yeah, I guess. If you hit them uh, a few times, they go in their shell. You can also jump over them. Yeah, and they're they're kind of weird. They look kind of like they're made of grass or something. Yeah. Past that is the zombie swamp, which is really cool looking swamp area. But any area that is more than one or two blocks wide as soon as you land on it, zombies will just start sprouting out of it. Yeah, and they will add up quick. I did not fight any of the zombies. They take a long time to kill. It is all about just running and jumping through this area, for sure. Yeah. And after that is the ghost forest, and it has these gross tree frog things. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like their proportions. Uh, but more importantly, is these jumping little blobs that always trip me up. Yeah, yeah. And there's uh, those little ghosts. There's a section, I think... There's a graveyard where you have to bash down mm-hmm. some st- a stone. couple walls. Yeah, with the elephant, and that'll clear the way. Yes. So after the ghost forest, the very first time you pass it at night, you will find the zombie caravan. Yes, an awesome town because you can only find it at night, and it's a caravan. So after also this, it's, uh, after you come yeah. here the initial time, it will move every every night. So if you're smart. 
and you have read the FAQ like I did, <laughs> you make sure you have warp squids to spend for this town. Yes, I did not. Because if you can warp here, you don't have to worry about finding it. Yeah, and not only that, since it only appears at night, if you warp here, it always changes into nighttime. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, one of my <laughs> cheats that I like about playing the Game Boy games emulated is I keep a speed up button on my controller. So mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I would just cheese the day-night cycle with a speed button. I, I did my share of, of waiting around. After after this next dungeon, I came back and just waited here when I had the warp squids because I was like, I, I'm just going to keep going in and out. <laughs> until every night until it shows up again fair enough Some monsters now once stuff. you're in this town it is full of zombies but these are not wild zombies they're i guess smarter domesticated zombies or something they they still watch your brains but you uh get to meet the notable character here is roddy tops the zombie they other people describe her as mm-hmm. untrustworthy yes uh, she, she does know where the Simmerstone is, though. Yeah, or in the... It's at Cackle, Cackle Mound. Yeah, Cackle Mound, which we passed. And it's in the swamp. It is, it is. Uh, she she challenges you to a foot race. She agrees that you, she makes you a deal that she'll help you get in the Cackle Mound if you can beat her in a race. And if you lose, then she gets to eat your brains. Seems totally fair. Yeah. And this foot race is an interesting little mini game. Yeah, you, you, it's just kind of an auto runner and you have to jump at the right time. You have a different kind of momentum and arc, so it can be kind of tough. It's it's mm-hmm. just about sliding under stuff and jumping over certain slide, obstacles. Slide, yes, jump, jump. It, it's kind of tricky, but at yeah, first. Uh, I I agree. But once you get the hang of it, then it becomes very easy. Once you know the timing of of your jump and your slide, and not only yeah, because you by default run faster than her. So as long as you don't screw up, you'll win. And she will begrudgingly help you out. Yeah, so head back to the swamp, and she'll meet you at the entrance to Cackle Mound. And this is another one of my favorite little moments where you get there, and there's this weird-looking keyhole on the side, and she pops her lower leg off, and her bone is shaped like a key, and she puts it in, and or, or a lockpick, I guess, and opens the door with it. And I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. And then you are in Cackle Mound, the haunted area. Yeah, so it does have a haunted house vibe to it. Oh, yeah, I love it. There's some, like, skeletons in the walls. There's zombies that pop out of the floor. Ghosts abound. And a, yes. a new mechanic you got to deal with. Well, a couple, actually. There's the floating eyeball squares. Yeah, yeah. And those are your standard, you know, what direction? Is it an arrow? Is it an eyeball? Either way, when you jump on it, that direction is the direction the block will fly. Mm-hmm. And then they have these puzzles that the way you get most of the keys in this game are you find a room that has a jar with an eyeball in it. Yeah. And then you must knock the eyeball out of the jar and then bounce it around the room until it lands into the socket of a statue facing the correct direction. Yeah, so that can take a little while sometimes. Yes, uh, sometimes a lot longer than I wanted it to. Yeah. Eventually, though, the statue will open up and give you a key. Pretty nice. Also in this dungeon is where you find your third genie. That's right. You get the illustrious spider form. And it is not only the best form of the game, it also has the best animations of any of your forms. It's it's up there, man. Unfortunately, it hasn't reached its true killing power because you can't shoot poison yet. But No, it can... is defenseless, sadly. Yeah, yeah, but this game, uh, this level has tons of uh, spider webs and 
passages lined with spikes that you couldn't really navigate before that now you can use the put them spider legs to work start exploring mm-hmm. uh, eventually you'll find a puzzle that where you need to put two eyes in a, in a statue that's pretty crazy oh, a real biclops indeed and then you find risky once again about to gain access to the relic of this dungeon <laughs> but before she can she unleashes the guardian of this dungeon well he this is uh, some sort of creature. It's light blue. It has horns. And it looks like a treasure chest on its back. <laughs> and it stomps around. But if you thought those other boss fights were easy, ho oh, this one's even easier. Because all you have to do is turn into the spider and get on the walls in the background where there are two switches. Each switch controls a trap door. And if you open that trap door while the creature is over it, it will fall and hurt itself. Easy peasy. Yeah, because you only have to do this... Uh, four or five times but if you're up on the top there's no way it can hurt you now you leave this dungeon and you talk to roddy tops a little longer pretty cool and roddy tops will let you know that risky boots is the reason they have to constantly move their caravan they're avoiding her even the zombies they even don't like her but she does let you know that you need to get the twinkle stone and that is the top of the mountain so it's time to get getting that's right and this is tough because even if you look at uh the map that the manual kind of has you're like i can okay if i keep heading this direction i should get there but unfortunately it there is a it's a one-way like cliff you can't get up not yet yeah not not from this side so you have to go all the way around to the left of the world yeah basically uh you have to go all the way back to the oasis town which was next to an area that I don't know about you, but I was pretty freaked out when I first went into the mud bog. Yeah, dude, those enemies are creepy. Yeah, they look like a like a oily like a like a venom symbiote or something with that's not on a body. I was just gonna say they definitely look like the symbiote. Uh, <laughs> the mud bog is full of very gross creatures. They take a lot of hits, and they're I, very hard to avoid. The only way, my only success against them was using the fireball attacks or the. You know what I mean? The items. Oh, yeah. This was the point at which they became my best friend. And I was like, I am going to have a full supply no matter where I go. That's right. This is the place. There's a secret cave you can bust open with the elephant. You can grab a heart holder by using everyone's favorite float muffins. You can mm. stink that float room up and muffin. get out. <laughs> and then you are on to Mount Pointy and the Eagle Wasteland, both uh, mountainous forested areas. One of which has your uh, favorite, the ice werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this area, okay, the Eagle Wasteland itself, you can get to, is where it's like you can go to the bandit town, or if you climb up, you can get to Mount Pointy. But it has those big, like, mm-hmm. eagle knights who do this, like, sword strikes, these rapid slashes that are, they're pretty cool looking. Yeah, they're as cool looking as they are tough. Yeah, they take a lot of hits. <laughs> so, just avoid. Now, before you can get up and into Mount Pointy, you must stop at Bandit Town. As you can imagine, there are some uh, unsavory characters here. But luckily for you, there's also a genie. That's right. A genie wearing red with white skin that looks very much like a certain enemy you've been chasing this entire game. It seems that way. You meet her in like the, the pub or whatever, and she agrees to help you get in the dungeon. You make your way up to the top of Mount Pointy, and the genie is waiting there for you. She does a little hip move and bounces that gate open. Yeah, and you get in and get down to business here in the Twinkle Palace. And of course, they saved the ice place for last. Boo. Now, the ice isn't too horrible in here. There are a bunch of these enemies that are stuck in blocks of ice. 
that are like rotating through different enemies. Yeah. And you have to turn into the elephant to break them out. But luckily for me, they mostly turned into the golems or other things that were also easily destroyed with another ram from the elephant. Sure, yeah. It does have a, uh, some of other cool puzzles where it's like four tiles in the background that you have to rotate into. They each contain a different face of a picture. You kind of rotate them all together to make like a picture of an enemy or something to get a key. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are uh, Indiana Jones style balls that roll around to crush you. And I got hit by them a lot more often than I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And then comes the worst part of this entire area. That is those spinny, shooty, warpy things. Yeah, they look like a little little spirally kind of thing. And when you get into it, it'll shoot you off in kind of predetermined direction. Kind of, it's like similar to the... Well, you choose the direction you want to go. You press yeah. up, you shoot up. And then you, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, it is. And then your goal is either, your goal is to find the next one. It's kind of like a maze. Do I go up to the next one, to the left one, to the right one, and then to where I need to go? Yeah. It's always hard to say. Way too much trial and error. Uh, it's tough to judge because the screen is so small that you kind of have to fail before you can figure anything out, you know? Yeah. This level drove me nuts because it just took so much trial and error getting around with those those little spinny things. Mm-hmm. Luckily, when you eventually free the genie, this is when you get your your harpy form. So you're a little less beholden to those now, and you <laughs> you can fly your way to the boss. Which is pretty much exactly what you do. And when you get to the room with the ice stone or whatever it is, oddly enough, Risky Boots is not here. You finally scared her off. Yes, but you know you must get this before she does. And before you can get the stone, though, a dragon lands. A dragon yeah. with a small child on its back with a sword. Some sort of little rider. <laughs> yes. And then it flies away and just starts flying around the top of the room. Now, there yeah. are two ways to defeat this boss. You can either fly up as a harpy and hit it in the head, at which point it will fall to the ground and then you attack it a bunch. Or I think you can just keep hitting it while it's in the air as the harpy. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have the claw. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't remember hitting it with my hair on the ground, but I'm sure I did. It's tough when you have to switch back forms, you know, in a fight. Yes. After you defeat it, you get the stone, you leave. But as soon as you get out, Risky Boots reveals herself. It was her, not a genie. And she steals all of the tiles back and even ties you up. What a dastardly deed. Very dastardly. Uh, Once she's gone, well, you bust free and you realize you must get back to Scuttletown. Yes. So if you're lucky, you can warp there. If not, I mean, you do have the full complement of your powers. So it's not a bad time to go back and find any missing heart holders or uh, Or fireflies. Or the talismans that give you an attack. Oh, yeah. Especially those. Yeah. Especially the spider one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Once back in the town, Mimic tells you to go check out something he gives you a very vague hint where he's like to find out or to see where she went you would need to go somewhere very high which i think is a bad clue because the first thing i thought was what back up on the mountain like up at uh mount pointy no no it's just to so instead you just have to get to the desert and you can fly now to an area you couldn't get to before it's a floating island that has a telescope at it yeah, you take a look in there, and it shows you a picture of, like, an island base. You know, it's risky. A pirate island. You might even say. It's got a bit of a skull-looking shape to it. Mm-hmm. As only the best pirate islands do. 
Yeah, and, and this is this is the final level. You you warp there kind of and you attack. You're attacking Risky Boots's forces. Lots of tinker bats here. More spikes than I, I would like there to be. Hmm. Yes, far more spikes than I would like there to be. And lots of changes between creatures. You gotta change into a monkey to fit in an area, the elephant to knock a thing down, mm-hmm. all just trying to make your way into Risky's fortress. And once you're deep inside, she's been waiting for you. She says, you couldn't mind your own business? Well, ha let me show you what we were building. And she drops you right into the pit that houses their giant steam-powered behemoth. Yes, it is a huge goofy looking mech that at first it, it seems weird because you think like oh i'm in real danger now but yeah, it like, doesn't really this giant thing yeah but it doesn't really do anything it's about finding your way up on top of it's it it's the, there are there any enemies inside this mech no like, I, 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 don't I don't think, think there's so. any way to, to get hurt yeah you just have to change into the different animals to move around to different parts of it and break places to where you can get to the tiles that are powering it yeah, you can see the four of them are in these like orb forms, and there's usually a gear somewhere you have to destroy to unlock each of them. And once you do a central heart uh, type thing opens in the center, you hair whip it a bunch, and you destroy this giant robot, the Bohemoth, Big Daddy Don, and the Bohemoth. <laughs> and, uh, and once it crashes to the ground, you are confronted by Risky Boots herself. That dirty dog. She tells you she. Yeah, she's going to slice you to bits, and she pulls that sword out, and she is ready to go. And this is your first real, what I consider, boss fight of the game, where you actually yes. have, like, agency and have to fight another thing. Yeah, a- another person. Like, it's pretty cool. And when you consider the strength of their other character designs, where I'm like, man, I kind of wish I would have had to fight Roddy Tops first, or instead of Race, or, you know what I mean? Like, all, all these characters, I wish they had more to do with the actual gameplay. Yeah. And this fight, of course, has like three different phases in it. There's mm-hmm. the first phase where she uh, jumps around and does a sword slash. You just have to avoid that and then, you know, hit her when you have the timing. I found the orbiting fireball was pretty useful here. Oh, well, especially in the third form. So the second form, she pulls a gun out. And as yeah. she jumps around, she stops and shoots you. It's the final form that if you don't have that orb, you are going to be fighting her for a very long time. Because... Well, you've knocked off uh, a little bit of her clothes. She's a little disheveled now, going for broke. Oh. And she is jumping around nonstop. And when she lands every couple times, she does a, a attack that does hurt a lot. And then right away, boom, she's back to jumping again. So you have a very, very mm-hmm. small window to hit her. And this is where, yeah. as uh, Nick said, if you do have that fireball, it makes it so much easier because you don't have to get in close to attack her. As soon as she stops and lands, that fireball can be hitting her. Yeah, yeah. Does the uh, and that the, is also how I heard her. Does the 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 what I the hell is it? The shooting either. fireball. Yeah. Do the flash bolts work all right? I, I feel like I was using them as well, but uh, they will hit her. They're just harder to aim because she's jumping around so much. Yeah. And with that fireball, it's just spinning, so it's just it takes no effort. Agreed. Now, once you've really beaten her down, she tells you to leave this place, and she just jumps away. You turn into a harpy and fly, fly out of here. Yeah. And I mean fly because now it's you're in control and there are fireballs shooting up at you as you escape this pit. Yeah, you do have the escape level. Uh, it goes on a lot longer than I thought. And longer than I wanted, to be honest. But, uh, you know, you take a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a little tough. You but fly doable. You fly out of the pit into the sky and a voice says, welcome, Shantae. Turns out you have been invited into 
the genie realm. Yeah, the four genies talk to you and tell you you can stay here. They'll make you a full genie. Yeah. It, only problem is when you're a full genie, you have to stay in that realm forever. Yes, and Shantae. Poor Shantae. Yeah. She does not want to. She realizes that she'd rather save her friends. Friendship is more important. Oh. And all this is going on with the genies around you, a close-up of Shantae's face and a text bar at the bottom of the screen going over it all. Um, I And to your earlier point about... <laughs> The who is this for? This is a scene where, you know, you see Shantae like right down to her cleavage. It's it like fades away. Then it's very almost an implied nude. Like I was like, whoa, <laughs> like this is. And that is also why I brought up that text bar, because once the text box goes away, <laughs> yeah. I okay, was like, yeah. whoa, I've seen a whole lot more of Shantae than I ever imagined. Hello, nurse. Yes. The artists made sure to put some ample curvage there. <laughs> For Miss Shantae that I didn't notice as much before. Indeed. But when she wakes up, now, she's back in Scuttletown, right? Yep, right in front of Mimic. She decides to tell the mayor that she's only a half genie. And he's like, we don't care. You saved our town. Yeah. I'm going to rotate some more. What I don't understand about that is that in the in the manual, right, it says that each town has a half genie protector anyways, or used to. Like, it doesn't even say they were full genies before. You know what I mean? Where I, I was kind of surprised. Like, I didn't realize that was an issue, but I guess it is. The mayor jokingly uh, wonders if he can get you for half price since you're the half genie. Womp womp. And then you get a nice shot of uh, one of those tinker bats fixing up the hole it made in your little genie house. Mm -hmm. As Shantae has decided to slip into a bikini and fan herself there, side next to it. Yeah. You get a good set of credits. Pretty extensive credits, too, I thought. Like, Oh, yeah. Very long. And then at the very end, you get a thanks for playing, the end, and a nice sepia tone shot of all of Shantae's friends and her there at the end. Hoorah! This is it, the final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. Which I gave a 4.5. I was really tempted to go 5.0. The only reason I wouldn't is because I didn't think the music was amazing, just really good. I, I know what you're talking about, and I even did have some gripes with the graphics and sound. I really went back and forth because I was like, the stuff I like about the graphics and the animation, like, I like it so much. But in the end, Same. I went with 4.5. Yeah, I mean, it's just, we've said it like a hundred times. Go look at the animations of this game. It is like a masterclass of how you make an interesting moving creature that isn't just cycling through, shuffling its arms. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous sprite artwork. And, you know, the music... It's not amazing, but for the most part, it's really good. And it's just one of those things that the only annoying part is not a fault of the game, but the hardware itself. Yes, agree that. Next up is play control. And I gave it a slightly lower 3.5. Hey, me too. You know, I just felt like this game takes a lot of getting used to. The jump is not a standard jump. It's got a different arc to it than a lot of adventure platforming games. The hair it takes a while to get used to that whipping thing. Uh, it definitely does, yeah. And then uh, whenever you get a new animal, you know, you have to really figure out how to best use that animal. Yeah, and, and it's fun. And it's, but I, I really like the way you get your dances in. It's got a pretty focused way to use your, your items from your inventory. 
and, and mm-hmm. you know it does it all with two buttons you know this isn't even shoulder buttons yet so pretty impressive i thought following that is challenge factor and what did you rank this game i give it a 2.0 i, I gave it a 2.5 right yeah. in the middle it's not i don't think the challenge comes from dying too much there are places with some annoying pit deaths and some bad mm-hmm. spike placement but more of it is the frustration of not knowing where to go in a dungeon yeah or in the main world yeah yeah it's it's one of those things that it's not necessarily like you said difficulty but it can be frustrating not knowing where to go and you know i i kind of like that in a way like not necessarily being super frustrated but i don't mind doing a little extra poking around in in a, a cool enough setting and this does have a cool one so the fact that you have those save points and you know the unlimited continues makes it so this isn't that hard of a game at all and finally we have theme and fun um i went with a 5.0 <laughs> i really love this game you know what's funny is i did not enjoy the combat in this game pretty much at all but I still gave this game a 5.0. Yeah. Because yeah. everything else about it just exudes fun. Every screen is a different world. It's a different area with unique enemies, a different feel, different lighting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every town feels like a cool, distinct place. And it's just so much fun exploring this world and finding your new dances and, and new things like that. Absolutely. I love all the like characters and settings. I can't wait to come back to Sequin Land in a different game. You know, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun place that does all focuses on the things that I tend to like the best. Same. So even when I know the answer to a question or think I do, I still ask it at the end of every show. Nick, should you play this game? Shantae, you should play. Absolutely. Yeah, this is one of those games where I'm so excited that there are multiple sequels to it that I get to now experience. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I love finding a gym that has sequels. It's it's an exciting thing that doesn't come around too often for us. Absolutely. It, it, it was a game I had played before and liked and then came back and really liked. So great, great news. Great stuff. Next week's game will be Bucky O'Hare for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So find a copy of that game any way you can. Grab your controllers and play along, friends. That's right. You want to get a hold of us? Are you a Bucky O'Hare fan? Are you excited for this? Did you watch the cartoon? Read the comics? Collect the action figures. We want to hear from you at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. But you'll probably get in touch with us on Facebook at Cartridge Command or on the Twitterverse at Cart Command. We respond to you at those places too if we can figure out how to. <laughs> we do have old man syndrome, but we do our best. Uh, oh. You know, maybe one of these days we'll have to start a TikTok, Nick. We'll, we'll add that to our list of places to contact us. That's right, man. We can show off our Shantae dancing skills. Oh, man. The Shantae TikTok dance challenge. Let's start it. Yeah. We are trending already. I think it's practically viral at this point. Probably is. So by the time you've heard this, you know, oh, yes, Cartridge Command, the world-famous podcast that went viral for its <laughs> Shantae Dance Challenge. You're welcome. But back in reality, I do want to say a special thank you, as we always do, to those awesome fine folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is their support that makes this show possible. You know, I say it every week, and I will, too, continue to say it until we stop being working class guys and move into some sort of ivory <laughs> video game tower. But as of right now, uh, you know, 
We are just uh, two dudes that make this show and in our spare time. And it's the support of our fans that make it possible. You guys pay for our hosting, our service fees, any equipment we may need or that breaks. So we appreciate it. We thank you all so very much. If you are considering giving to us, uh, you know, even a dollar helps out. We love any amount. So those that do give, thank you so much. And those are about to, we appreciate it as well. Yeah, nobody's throwing gems at me when I go to the dance parlor. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. See that TikTok. And (laughs) as always, Cartridge Commandos. Game on! Oh yeah, we watched we watched Airplane and Naked Gun. Oh awesome! I'm sure that so. it's been a while since I've seen either of them, but I still remember them being funny. They're still pretty darn funny. <laughs> There's just certain certain word gags and and things that just will never never stop being funny. Sure, like no, I've been nervous before. <laughs>